Well, once again, everybody, Happy New Year, and welcome to the Bartow Sports Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Wilson. I'm joined today by Brad Stevens and Jackson Hyde. Happy New Year, guys. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, Charles. Brad, welcome aboard. Uh, let's uh, let the audience know that we're putting this together on Sunday night following the college football playoffs and the New Year's Six Bowl games. So, as a University of Georgia grad, you have to be thrilled with this weekend's bit of redemption for the dogs. Absolutely, Charles. Uh, didn't know what to expect with that game. I knew Michigan was going to come in pretty hot after their Big Ten championship win and beat Ohio State like they did. Uh, but I also knew that our team was going to come in in the same fashion, just a wounded animal coming out of Athens uh, wanting to redeem themselves after that Alabama disaster. And they pretty much did from the opening kickoff. Uh, in fact, it was at the coin toss. I just saw how we were all business. They were dancing around, kind of just happy to be there. And uh, we just kind of ran it down their throats and really excited for Stetson Bennett. Uh, silenced a lot of critics uh, in that game, having the, you know basically the game of his life uh, against the Wolverines. And then uh, on the defensive side, a uh, wonderful job by the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary. Um, Darian Kendrick got the MVP on the defensive side, but my MVP would have been the Kobe Dean. Uh, the guy was all over the field all night long making tackles. He had a strip for a fumble, uh, you know, had a couple of tackles for loss. A really incredible job by him and those guys uh, that night. Hats off to the coaching staff, too. Team seemed real prepared and focused. Uh, there was no – they were all business all night long. And uh, just looking forward to the next one. And as I've said before, I know a lot of people aren't excited about that next one because of who's on the other side of this thing. But I really don't care. I'm just glad we're in the big game again. Jackson, I know you're a football junkie. Uh, we got to enjoy a lot of college football during the holidays. There were even a, a few really fun games to watch, and I know you had a couple of those that you really enjoyed. Uh, absolutely. I enjoyed uh, not being a Georgia fan. I'm a tech guy, but I enjoyed uh, watching Georgia. Good confidence builder for them. Uh, I think the two best teams in the nation are playing uh, or next Monday, I guess it is now, for, for, for the trophy, and it deservedly so for both of those teams. But, uh, you know, neither one of those games or playoff games are really close or fun, but that uh, – Hard to beat that Ohio State-Utah uh, game in the Rose Bowl. That was fun to watch. Ohio State got down early, came back, uh, played a heck of a second half of football. Uh, probably would have rather seen them play Georgia in the playoff. I think they were probably uh, – uh, would have been a better matchup the, than, than Michigan was. Yeah, the Tennessee-Purdue game was interesting, and uh, even the late game, the Sugar Bowl game, was interesting for a long time, Jackson. Absolutely, as well as uh, – uh, you know, the Kentucky-Iowa game was fun to watch. Uh, I don't know. It was uh, not one of the bigger New Year's Six Bowls, but a uh, fun game to watch. Absolutely. Good football this weekend. Okay, so we're here to bring you a new addition to the Bartow Sports Zone family of productions, a midweek podcast update, if you will. So in addition to the regular Bartow Sports Zone show airing on WBHF each Friday uh, in Cartersville, we plan to – Add a few updates from time to time in between the regular weekly show, if you will. So we hope you'll enjoy this idea and continue as a regular listener and supporter of Bartow Sports Zone. So don't forget to subscribe for free so you'll receive notifications each time we drop a new episode. We're brought to you in part by Styles Auto Care, Elite Stone Supply, Latitude Blue, St. Angelo's Pizza at Lake Point Station, Derek Strange, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, First Class Collision Center, and Wilson Pools. So on the radio show, we never seem to have enough time to go 
into much depth with the local sports updates. So part of our purpose with the In Between Shows podcast is to give you a little more in-depth look at the local sports scene. So right now we're in the midst of high school basketball and uh, wrestling, and we want to kind of give you a snapshot on each of those teams as they head into competition for the month of January. Before we do that, though, let's quickly tell you about our Elite Athletes of the Month, brought to you by Danny Snow and his team at Elite Stone Supply in Cartersville with all the landscaping supplies you need, including power equipment, mowers, rock stone, sand, mulch, pine straw, and more. You can visit Elite Stone Supply just north of Cartersville on US 41. They're located over there across from Racetrack. They also have small trailers, storage buildings, ATVs, UTVs. They're an authorized Husqvarna dealer, and they offer small engine repair on all makes and models. So if you need to improve your property, you'll find what you need at Elite Stone Supply. Our four Elite Athletes of the Month for December, freshman swimmer out of Daresville, Brooklyn Chancey, already a standout in the 50 freestyle and a member of two of the Tigers relay teams. At Woodland, it's another swimmer, the captain of the team, and a junior, Ricky Hawkins. The Cass Elite athlete is senior cheerleader Riley Moore. She was named a Georgia All-Star Cheerleader for 2021. She was also the captain of the Colonel's Top 10 Ranked Competition Squad. And representing Cartersville, the elite athlete for December is Hurricane Football's quarterback, Jake Parker. He helped lead the Canes to an undefeated regular season and a final number two ranking in Class 5A in 2021. It's always nice to recognize our local athletes, Brad. Yeah, Charles, I'm real excited about that. I like to see other sports get recognized. I know we focus on football so much on here, and you know, hats off to those guys always. We love covering football, and congrats to Jake Parker and the Canes. Um, but, yeah, the, the swimmers and the, the cheerleaders and every, the wrestlers, everybody else, I know they work really hard to get where they are, contributing to their teams, representing their school. Glad to see them get recognized. And uh, real interesting to see swimming, uh, a sport here in Bartow County, because when I was in high school in the 90s, Charles, uh, that wasn't even a twinkle in our eye. Yeah, you had to go jump in Stamp Creek or something to, to be on the swim team. It was two-run creek for me, but that's right. That's the only <laughs> swimming we ever got done. <laughs> Jackson, I know you are appreciative of uh, what they do with the Elite Athletes of the Month as well. Absolutely. It's, uh, uh, it, it, like Brad said, it's good to, to spotlight some of the other sports and some of the other athletes on, uh, on, on the teams at the high schools. And, and speaking for Cass Colonels, Riley Moore, she's worked hard for four years. She's been a great a uh, student, great cheerleader at Cass High School, and it was well-deserved for her uh, getting to, to cheer in the All-Star game and being named the Elite Player of the Week uh, month. That's, uh, that's awesome. Let's move into our update on high school basketball. Let's spin around the county now and take a look at the girls' teams, the four local girls' teams. We'll start out with the Adairsville Lady Tigers. They're 7-3 and three on the year, 3-2 and two in Region 6 AAA with five games in the region already under their belt even before the holiday season. Coach Melissa Winters, Lady Tigers, went 2-1 and one in their own Christmas Clash tournament 
earlier in the week, December the 28th through the 30th. They lost to Class 5A Blessed Trinity in the opening round in overtime, but then bounced back to beat Woodland and Class 7A Parkview to finish fifth in the tournament. Haley Stiles made the all-tournament team for Adairsville. The Lady Tigers now turn their full attention to the Region 6 AAA race. They host Murray County Tuesday night. The Lady Indians are currently the second-place team in that region. Adairsville then travels to first place and undefeated LFO Friday night. LFO is ranked number six in Class AAA. So uh, the Adairsville Tigers will get uh, a real test on the girls' side this week, Brad, as they try to make their strides in Region 6 AAA. I'm really impressed with the Darisville girls basketball team right now. Charles Coach Winters has got them playing at a really high level. Uh, that game of Blessed Trinity is a testament to how good they're playing. That's a 5A school with some talent. They took them to overtime. Uh, you know, they've got some region wins under their belt as well, and every one of their losses, their very few losses have been within single digits. Uh, real close one to Ringgold. Uh, real close on the Rock Mart, but two wins over Sonorville. you got to be feeling pretty good about where they stand right now. But you're right, six AAA girls going to be tough. Uh, you know, Rock Mart's going to be, be tough at the end. You know, LFO, you've already mentioned them, six in the state. That's nothing to uh, to uh, sleep on right there. So, uh, you know, they've got a test coming right at them right off the gate. But uh, they've already had a few, and they've stood up to it. So, uh, I'm really excited to see how they do this year. Yeah, they're currently in fourth place behind LFO, Murray County, and Ringgold. And, of course, that was a one-point loss, as you mentioned, back in early December. Coach Winters has them uh, playing a little better defense, and they they have enough size to, to be able to rebound competitively with most teams that are out there. Uh, I really think they've got a great shot at an early-round bye in their region tournament, try to stay out of those early elimination games. Uh, but uh, 11 of their final 13 games will be region contests. So it'll be a, 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 a quite a journey in January and early February for the Lady Tigers, and we'll keep you updated with that here on Bartow Sports Zone. Woodland is at 2-11 and 11 on the year, a bit of a struggle again this year for the Lady Cats. They went winless at the Adairsville Christmas Clash, falling to Chattooga, Adairsville, and Armurchie. Simply put, uh, they have a difficult time scoring the basketball. They're averaging less than 30 points per game. Abigail Taylor is their best threat to score. She did make the all-tournament team at the Adairsville tournament. She takes a lot of shots in the Woodland offense and also has to create a lot of times for herself. So teams tend to focus their defensive efforts on her and kind of take that away and make things difficult for her. And it gives uh, Woodland a, a tough time trying to score the basketball, Jackson. Yeah, Charles, they've got uh, nine girls on the team. Uh, six of those girls are, are underclassmen, sophomores or freshmen. So they're uh, uh, in a tough region, um, going to be a tough grind for them. Uh, sc- scoring is going to be the issue to keep up with some of these uh, the higher-end teams in the region. Um, th- th- to spin it positive is they are young. So they're, they can uh, – some of these younger girls going to get a lot of experience early in their high school career and in a couple years could be a, a, team to, a team to reckon with. Woodland hosts Unity Christian – uh, this Friday night, that's uh, one of their two wins on the season. They did beat Unity back in mid-December. Uh, then they'll have the Region 7-5A schedule starting Tuesday, January the 11th. Their final 10 games will be against Blessed Trinity, Calhoun, Cartersville, Hiram, and Cass. So that's that's a pretty tough row to hoe for a young Woodland team. 
Cartersville, two and four on the year. Not played a lot of games under new head coach Charisma Boykin. Uh, she knew she was going to have to develop some players when she took over the job at Cartersville. She was an outstanding player herself for Coach Sean Thomaston at Carrollton. Uh, she's always been in a winning situation. Her teams were 116 and 10 as a player when she was at Carrollton playing. After uh, playing collegiately at Jacksonville State and Shorter, she returned as an assistant coach at Carrollton before taking the head coaching job at Jackson High School back in 2018. She got that program to the state playoffs a couple of times in her second and third season. And she told us on Bartow Sports Zone back in December that uh, the building program at Cartersville is a, a very similar task to what she faced at Jackson. They did not play in a holiday tournament, so they've had a lot of practice time, a lot of practice opportunities during the holiday break. They begin region play in 7-5A on January the 11th at home against 7th-ranked Cass, Brad. Yeah, they're going to get a test real early, and uh, you know the lack of games under their belt, I know that's going to help or hurt them. They've got a lot of practice uh, learning this coach and the coach learning how they play the game. Uh, if you're the Lady Canes, you know, you're, you're, you got a tough region to learn in, but uh, they can certainly do, do some damage as we saw last year. They got a, a lot of good players. One that stood out to me in the region tournament toward the end of the year was Zoe Casey. Uh, she's a 6-1 uh, center for them. She's got a good shot there from the free throw line. Uh, quick uh, and aggressive, and uh, you know they they want to you know help probably build that offense around her and her ability, and uh, I'm sure Coach Boykin uh, knows that, and uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna find a, a really tough one uh, there on the 11th with the seventh rank uh, Lady Colonels, but uh, the only way to learn is to play those those big games and get them under your belt. That brings us to Cass, the final girls team in our collection. They're 14 and one on the year. They are ranked number seven in Class 5A. They have one of the longest current winning streaks in the entire state of Georgia right now with 13 consecutive wins. It's a talented group. Claire Davis at 6'1", can play inside, outside, or on the wing. And then Haley Johnson has been what I refer to as their Swiss Army knife or glue that kind of holds that team together. Johnson does a lot of different things on offense. She plays good defense, and she rebounds. She doesn't have great size, but she finds her way to the basketball on both ends of the floor. So uh, she's a real key ingredient to the success of that cast team uh, for Coach Burt Jackson. You toss in freshman Maya Winston, the two McDaniels girls, three or four other role players, and the three-point shooting of Michaela Jackson. And, Jackson, you have a pretty good formula for some wins there. Absolutely, uh, Charles. They a solid basketball team. They've played well all year, like you said, the 13-game winning streak. And, and during those 13 games, you know, we, beginning of the season, the talk around the school and around town was, you know, they're going to be as good as Claire Davis is. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with that. There's been a couple of games in this 13-game winning streak where – uh, Claire wasn't uh, as big a factor on the offensive side as you might think she would be a couple of games. She only had eight or nine points, and they still uh, moved the ball, scored well, and, and won handily. I think Justice Bennett, as the season goes on, she's a, she's a big forward inside. She's 5'11". You know, I think it's going to be important for her to establish herself in, inside when they play some of these bit better teams in the region, for sure. Brad, they like to play a transition game, a perimeter game, if you will, uh, so outside shooting is really important. I think that's why they've had some scoring slumps in some games, uh, maybe had some games that were a little closer than sh really should have been. Uh, it happens when they're 
colder shooting from the outside. Uh, they only have 10 regular season games remaining, and they're all in Region 7, 5A, so that shooting is going to be ultimately important for the Lady Colonels. You're right, Charles. This is a transition team. They've had to run it out of a press defense. They've done it to everybody all year with the exception of Cedartown. Uh, and it works. It's been, it worked for them last year, works for them now. They like to steal the ball and run you to death uh, and get a big lead by halftime. That's what they enjoy doing uh, with players like Claire Davis and Haley Johnson uh, playing like they have. Uh, you know, that's uh, something they can definitely do. Michaela Jackson is dangerous on the outside. Amaya Ford, uh, the McDaniel sisters, uh, you know, just a lot of weapons there. Uh, they did lose some people uh, from last year. Londasia Smith, Gracie Elkins are no longer with the team because they graduated, but uh you know, it doesn't look like they're missing a beat. They played a lot of games away from home early on, uh, getting some challenges early on. They learned that from last year uh, with that loss to Southwest DeKalb. Got to beef up that schedule because you know what's coming down the line. Uh, so uh, exciting season so far for the Lady Colonels. Uh, really impressed with them, and we'll see how this region schedule shakes out. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, and we'll be keeping an eye on girls basketball all throughout the remainder of the regular season, and we'll have broadcasts on WBHF as well. So, We'll keep you updated on that as the season rolls along. Let's switch over to the boys' side now and uh, first talk about the Woodland Wildcats. Four and six on the year. Coach Jacob Selman's Wildcats have beaten Gordon Central twice and Pepperell twice uh, in the season thus far. One of those Pepperell wins was in a tournament situation. Gordon Central's only GHSA win was over winless Dalton Academy, and Pepperell's only GHSA win was over Class A Mount Zion of Carroll County. So uh, the Wildcats still looking for a first key win, if you will, on the season. Senior point guard Diaz Garrett has carried much of the scoring load for the Wildcats so far this season. Shooting guard Breelis Williams, Harlan Morris, and Jaden Hames have been the supporting cast for Woodland. The Wildcats went 0-2 at the Carpet Capital Classic Holiday Tournament last week with losses to host Christian Heritage and to Savannah Christian. They have non-region home games Thursday of this week and Friday. They'll take on Alatoona and Unity Christian in those two games before starting their Region 7-5A slate at home on Tuesday, January the 11th, and they get tested right out of the gate, Jackson. They get Blessed Trinity to open the region schedule. Yeah, uh, Woodland boys, similar to the girls, a little short on numbers uh, on the sideline. I think they've had a couple of injuries, um, maybe some uh, COVID issue too, or, or two there. But, uh, again, tough, tough region. Um, they've got a – a few seniors on the team, a couple of them are going to need to step up and, and fill some roles that they weren't used to, to filling last year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this team develops as, as the year moves on, no question. Excel Christian Academy, 7-4 and four on the year after starting 0-2 to start the season. The Eagles went 1-2 and two at the Adairsville Christmas Clash this past week. They salvaged a seventh-place game win over an 0-13 Dalton Academy team. Coach David Archer Jr.'s squad lacks some depth. Uh, tends to ex- it, that factor tends to expose them just a little bit defensively in the second half of games when some fatigue starts to set in. Elijah Payne gives Excel some size and girth inside at 6'4". Team captain and junior Jacaden Barkley usually leads the scoring punch for the Eagles along with freshman Kamari Nettles and Jacob Taylor. Uh, the Eagles have an uphill battle, however, uh, in front of them 
as they are in a Class A private Region 7 that includes three teams in the top ten in the state rankings. Christian Heritage, North Cobb Christian, and Darlington have been the top performing teams heading into January. The Walker School is sitting there at 8-3 and three as well. They've been pretty good too. I guess we'll see if the thin roster at Excel can hang with those top teams in the region during January and maybe even challenge for a state playoff berth down the stretch, Brad. Yeah, well, you know, Coach Archer knows basketball very well. He knows what he's doing over there. Uh, he took that job after leaving Chattahoochee Tech, and uh, you know, he's going to do a fine job with the Eagle team. I know that they they don't have a lot of depth. Uh, Jacaden Barkley is a really exciting player that they can build around. You know, you're right. The depth is going to be a problem in the second half, especially against teams like uh, Christian Heritage, who we've seen them already beat a few people in this county, uh, as well as, you know, North Cobb Christian, who always seems to be a competitor out there, Walker School. These teams are stacked up, and uh, they're going to have their hands full. But, uh, you know, once again, you know, as long as they don't have any injuries, I look for them to compete in this region. Cartersville is 6-4, and four, yet to start their region schedule as well. They're in the same region with Woodland and Cass. Coach Mike Tobin's Purple Hurricanes, they were one and two at the Adairsville Christmas Clash. They beat a winless Dalton Academy team in the first round, but then lost to Adairsville and Calhoun the next two nights. Guard Cam Callahan has been a consistent scorer for Cartersville through their first 10 games. Romo Pace on the perimeter and Luke Gamble inside have been pretty steady for the Canes as well. Cartersville has one more tune-up this Saturday at home against Cedartown before starting their Region 7-5A schedule at home the following Tuesday against rival Cass. Uh, Jackson, have you been keeping up with the Hurricanes in the early going? Just a little bit, and just you know, a little bit from last year. You mentioned Luke Gamble. He's fun to watch. He's a hard-nosed player, gets after it, kind of like a trash man. He, if, if, it's a, if there's a loose ball inside in the paint, he's, he's going to give 110% to go get it. Um, uh, the coach there is going to keep those guys in ball games. He's a he's a great uh, tactician type type coach. Um, uh, tough region. It's it might be uh, that Cass Cartersville game might come down to to getting that uh, that playoff berth. It's going to be a a, um, a fun to watch this this region develop as as the season moves on. They do have a freshman in Jamari Bryce that you want to keep your eye on. He's a, a kid that played at Woodland Middle School last year. Uh, heck of an athlete, heck of a player. And I think as the season moves on, you're going to see him get the ball a little bit more. Uh, heck of a player. He, he, can, he can make plays from, uh, from the guard position, no question. That's a good catch. He's getting some quality minutes already for Coach Mike Tobin and the Purple Hurricanes. Let's turn our attention now to the cast Colonels, six and seven on the year. Uh, really, they're the only team out of the five local teams I've not had a chance to see play at all this season. The Colonels have used a bit of a different pre-region scheduling approach under new head coach Byron Taylor. Cass has played some bigger schools in Sprayberry, Kennesaw Mountain, North Cobb, and Alatoona out of Cobb County. They've also played Rome, Alexander, Heritage of Conyers, Douglas County, Cambridge, and Riverwood. All of those are larger classification schools as well. They pick up another Class 7A opponent this Saturday when they host Roswell, so this team has uh, been tested, uh, and all of that, for the most part, Jackson, has been on the road. Absolutely. Um, I was 
proud to see them go play in that in that Lemon Street uh, Classic that, that Marietta hosts every year. I'm a good friend of Coach Hood there at Marietta, and he was excited that Cass was going to get to come and play in it. And uh, no slouches come to that tournament. I mean, those are big classification, good quality basketball programs that they got to play. And that's what they needed. A new coach, you know, there's a learning curve for those players with the new coach, him learning them and them learning him. I think it's going to work both ways. And I think you'll see this team get better as the, as the season goes on. Yeah, they had to miss a few games in that tournament because of some COVID issues, but they did pick up some other big school opponents when they played in the Campbell tournament uh, the week after Christmas. Uh, Brad, Coach Taylor has kind of retooled this year's team after rising senior and the 2021 Bartow County Player of the Year, Zalen Chaney, left the program. The Colonels still have 6'5", Ethan McIntyre working inside and several other players in the scoring mix. Sokovi White, who was the football stand-up, or standout has uh, picked up some some of the scoring slack recently. He seems to be finding his way on the basketball floor. Jelani Hames, Ja'Shawn Brown-Whatley, Caden Baldwin, Jaden Foster, Jackson Hell, Devin Henderson, all names that have been offensive contributors as well. Uh, Saturday's game with Roswell will only be their third home game in 14 starts this season. So not a lot of people locally, including myself, have had a look at this cast team yet. Yeah, it's like the girls. They have nobody's played at home at all. And I don't know, nobody knows who's on the team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, real proud of how they've done. You know, Coach Taylor, uh, he's played and coached at a high level. Uh, everybody knows that. And um, he knows what he's doing. Um, you know, that was a tough gut punch, I'm sure, right before the season started to have a guy like Zaylin Chaney transfer out. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, you're going to play with what you got. Uh, you have Ethan McIntyre, who's got a lot of playing experience. And those good, those guys around him, it's Kobe Wyatt, Devin Henderson, Jelani Hames, great athletes. Uh, Jelani Hames, we saw last year, a good scorer. He's a young guy, uh, you know, not not a not a thick, uh, you know, not a not a not a really big guy, but he's uh, got the height and he's got speed, uh, and he does a really good job out there on the perimeter. Uh, they came away, you know, six and seven uh, before region play, and then you know, we'll see what happens this Saturday against Roswell. But uh, you know, for all they've been through with the COVID, the transferring, and and the playing big schools away from home, to come away at right around five hundred. I think that's a testament to how good they're playing so far together. Uh, you know, tough region, though, as we said. You know, Calhoun's got a really good squad. Carswell's going to be good with Cam Callahan, Romo Pace, uh, and those guys. Uh, you know, Blessed Trinity always going to be a threat. So, uh, you know, that one, two, three, four position's wide open right now. But uh, they got a long road to hope. The fifth team on our boys' side, Adairsville, at seven and four on the year, four and one in six AAA. Coach Alex Dispro's Tigers have started well with – Four early wins in the region by reaching the finals of their own tournament last week uh, as well before falling to Chattooga. Senior T.J. Printup Jr. is always a scoring threat for the Tigers, but he's had some consistent help this year from fellow seniors Trey Mitchell and Hayden Porch. You toss in sophomore Zach Postel and freshman Trey Winters. Uh, Adairsville's got some good wins already, Jackson. Absolutely. Uh, they've... Uh, it, you know, we talk about the the Cass, Carswell, Woodland region. Uh, th- this basketball region that they're in, with, with Lakeview, uh, Fort Oglethorpe, and Lafayette, I think are both. Last I checked, were both still undefeated at, at like twelve, thirteen, and zero. That's correct. Uh, and Adairsville, right there, with, with just the the one region loss and in seven four seven four overall, it, it, they've got a really good chance to 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 be the three seed. I think in that region. Um, it, it, 
Prentup is uh, just fun to watch. Excellent score, fun to watch. I've seen them play one time this year, and uh, uh, I was really impressed. Uh, they, they move well, very athletic. Uh, I look for big things for them. I think they're, they're, they're a state playoff team, no question. Brad, 12 of their final 14 games are against region opponents. It looks like they're in pretty good shape to challenge for one of those top four spots. I absolutely agree with you, and I think – I know he's got a lot of help, but, you know, as T.J. Printup goes, so go the Tigers. Uh, I, he's the uh, pl- early player of the year favorite for me uh, so far. I mean, he scored on every single team that they've played, uh, including Calhoun, and uh, he's just doing a fantastic job. He's a leader out there. He's a great athlete. Not much he can't do. So, uh, as long as he stays healthy and stays consistent, the Tigers are going to be a threat to anybody. That's a look at our boys' basketball teams around the county. Uh, Brad, I'm going I'm to put you under the spotlight here for just a second. If you had to rank our four girls' teams locally, one through four, and then rank our five boys' teams, one through five, you'll get to do this later on in the month as well. So that'll take some of the pressure off. Where would you put everybody right now? Okay, so for girls, I'd have to go Cass uh, one, uh, Daresville two, Cartersville three and uh, Woodland at four uh, for the boys uh, right now, uh, you know, based on, you know, what the limited uh, the time, time I've seen them, um, I'd have to say right now, uh, Cartersville one, um, Cass two, Adairsville three, uh, XL at four and uh, Woodland at five. That's interesting with Adairsville having, having actually beaten Cartersville during that holiday tournament. So uh, there's a lot of folks out there that would say Adairsville is actually the number one team in the county, Jackson. I'll let you, give you a shot at the girls first and then the boys. Uh, my, my girls ranking would be exactly what, uh, what, what Brad had there. Um, the, on the boys' side, this far into it, I would rank Adairsville number one. Um, I would have uh, probably cast two, Cartersville three. Um, then Excel and then in Woodland is how I would probably rank them right now. All right, we're going to take a break, our first time out of this podcast session. And when we come back, we'll talk a little wrestling and we'll get to some college football as well. So stick around. You're listening to the Bartow Sports Zone podcast. To win in sports, you need to adjust your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. Derek Strange, your Cartersville Edward Jones financial advisor, can help you create a game plan for your financial goals. He'll help you look at the big picture and help you plan for your future. Call Derek at 770-386-4545 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones, member SIPC. 
proud sponsors of the Elite Athletes of the Month. Elite Stone Supply at Baker Road and U.S. 41 North of Cartersville is your local authorized Husqvarna dealer. See Elite for help with all your landscaping needs or supplies. And check out our inventory of mowers, tillers, trimmers, and blowers. Need pine straw, mulch, sand, or topsoil? How about cultured or natural stone? Elite has tons of options, and we deliver. Across from Racetrack, just north of Cartersville, on Facebook and at EliteStoneSupply.net. Wilson Pools has been your swimming pool expert for 55 years. Same name, three generations of the same family. This is Lee. Come by and see us at 109 South Dixie Avenue in Cartersville, the blue beach house with the bright yellow door. Or call us at 770-386-3324 for all your swimming pool needs. Free water testing, weekly service, construction repair. We make swimming easy. It's WilsonPools.com, Wilson Pools on Facebook. Styles Auto Care has earned your trust in Cartersville and Bartow County since 1965, and they promise to respect your vehicle as if it was their own. The collision specialists at Styles will make repairs with speed and efficiency, always with your safety in mind. Styles works with all insurance companies, their work is guaranteed, and they'll communicate with you every step of the way during your repair. Styles Auto Care, 1261 West Avenue, where they can do everything for your vehicle except sell it. Tell me who can stop me, I'm in the zone Competition's none in a league of my own All about the W, I'ma bring it home When it's over with, I'ma be the king of the throne Now who can stop me, I'm in the zone Competition's none in a league of my own All about the W, I'ma bring it home When it's over with, I'ma be the king of the throne I'm in the zone, I'm in the zone The competition whack, tell them let's get it on My hustle game crazy and I'ma finish strong You threw up so many bricks, you probably could build a home I done came a long way, this is what the grind make Everybody want the shine, don't know what the shine take You mad that I'm playing, call it sideline Hey, it ain't over till it's over, what's up be the mind state Hey folks, this is Sean with San Angelo's Pizza next to Lake Point Sports in Emerson. So who's ready for some football? High school, college, and pro. You name it, we can't wait. So to celebrate, we're cooking up some great pizza deals all season long. Look us up on Facebook for all of our food and drink specials. And don't forget us when it's time to book that office holiday party or get together. For more information, find us at stangelos.com on the web or call us at 678-719-0495. St. Angelo's Pizza, Old Alatoona Road next to Lake Point Station and Lake Point Sports. Let's go. First Class Collision Center knows when damage occurs to your car or truck, the repair work has to be perfect. Your insurance company may recommend a repair shop, but let First Class give you a no-obligation quote just to make sure your best interests are at the core of the repairs. Specializing in vehicle service, mechanical repairs, body work, and big trucks too, First Class uses all factory equipment for your specific make and model. First Class Collision Center of Cartersville, online at First Class Collision G. Hi, this is Ivy Jordan. My husband Trey and I invite you to visit us at Latitude Blue under the Church Street Bridge in Cartersville. We are a unique custom designed pool builder offering Pebble Tech and Imagine Pools. Latitude Blue has a service department that can service and maintain your swimming pool and spa. 
We also have a full-service retail store stocked with products to increase your outdoor fun. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Latitude Blue, bringing families together one backyard at a time. To the Barto Sports Zone podcast, everybody. We'll turn our attention now to wrestling around Cartersville and Barto County. Competing with 30 other top high school wrestling programs from a six state collection, the Cass Colonels play second overall at the 2021 Knockout Christmas Classic down in Kissimmee, Florida. This past Monday and Tuesday, Jesuit Florida won the prestigious tournament. Uh, utilizing competitors in every weight division. Cass was runner-up, fielding only 11 wrestlers in the various weight divisions. Lake Gibson, Florida, Palmetto Ridge, Florida, and South Dade, Florida rounded out the top five. Woodland, here locally, finished just outside the top five with 125 and a half points. Charlotte, out of Florida. Buford, from here in Georgia, Jefferson from here in Georgia, and Thompson, Alabama were in spots 6 through 10 in the final rankings. For Cass, Cole Hunt at 120 pounds, Jake Kraps at 126. Both went 5-0 in their weight classes. Bryce Creshow won 6 of 7 matches, finished 3rd. A.J. Pyatt at 113 pounds, and Tyler McKnight at 145. Both went 5-2 and 6-2, and and respectively, to finish 5th. Cam Walters, Craig Groh, Parker Dunn, Trip Adams, and William Buttram also picked up team points for Cass. So a good showing for the Colonels, Jackson. Absolutely, uh, Charles. Early on, uh, they're the best team in the county uh, as, as it goes right now. Woodlands predominantly uh, controlled this county and controlled the region and the state for that matter. Um, but early on, they've been in the same uh, tournaments with Woodland. Uh, two or three times now, they finished ahead of Woodland. They beat Woodland head-to-head a couple of times, which is uh, a, an accomplishment in its own. You mentioned the Florida tournament. I think they also finished second at the McCallie Invitational in Tennessee, which is another uh, big-time tournament with a lot of big, big-time wrestling programs. Uh, love to go compete. So uh, proud of them. Um, reason starts. And, then, of course, after dual, team duels, we'll get into the to the individual stuff. It's going to be going to be a fun year. Woodland's. Woodland is Woodland. They're going to be um, right there to compete with Cass in that region, no doubt. Yeah, Caleb Henson at 152 swept his five bouts to win his bracket down there in Florida. Cole Cochran at 160 pounds was 5-1 and one to earn a runner-up spot. Marvin Hernandez at 106. William Bishop at 126. Carson Bailey at 132. Randy Buchanan at 138. Zach Wallace at 145. Charles Higdon at 195. And Bo Jernigan the heavyweight also earned points for the Wildcats. Brad, we know they'll be right there come area duels, or in their classification, it's actually a region duels championship coming up this Saturday. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are two teams, and they wrestled for the state championship last year. I mean, if you want to 
win wrestling in 5A, you got to go through Barco County. I'm real proud to say that for both of those teams. Uh, you know, Woodland's tough and those higher weight classes. Cass is really tough in those middle to lower ones. Uh, you know, Bryce Crescio, Jay Krabs, Colhan, those guys done a phenomenal job all year long. Uh, you know, they're going to meet each other in the end uh, once again. But I got to agree with Jackson. You know, Cass right now is sitting on top of this thing uh, with their performance at the knockout. And they also won the South Forsyth duels uh, as well earlier, uh, well, last month. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot of wins under their belt, a lot of experience against some really top quality wrestlers out there. They got to be really excited about where they stand. And a lot of these guys are young, uh, you know, and, and, and winning at a high level. Um, you got to be, uh, if you're Coach Kuntz, uh, you're really excited about how it's shaping up, you know, barring any kind of injury or anything, you know, they're going to be right there in the end. They have a chance to win that state title. I think it'll be their first one since 2008. Yeah, we'll have Coach Kuntz on the Bartow Sports Zone show this Friday morning, so you'll want to tune in to hear what he has to say about things. But he will tell you that it's going to be really close between Cass and Woodland uh, as it comes down the stretch this year. Woodland's had a lot of injuries uh, and had some difficulty at a few of their starting lineup spots. So uh, if they get well, it could be very, very close uh, come the end of both the region tournament and the state tournament when they go to the duels. And, of course, that starts this Saturday at Cass. Over at Cartersville, uh, Chadre Hurst is the man to beat in the heavyweight division. And the new Canes coach, Sammy Rosario, will have several Cartersville wrestlers ready to challenge. He's a former collegiate wrestler at Cumberland University near Nashville, a former assistant wrestling coach at Life University, and a former Cass wrestler. Uh, so he understands individual and team development. The Canes will have Giles Turner at 138. He'll be a top three contender, contender in the state uh, once we get to the traditional format, Taylor Nix at 132, Eden Neal at 113 are also expected to have deep state tournament runs. At Adairsville, senior Jackson Owens is highly ranked as a 120-pounder in Class AAA. Isaac Lindley at 132 was a state placer last year. Then they have Drew Falk at 170, Jamin Long at 182, and heavyweight Luke Story, who all qualified for state last season. So they'll be really competitive, have a great shot at advancing this Saturday in their area tournament. Class AAA actually still has the area situation. So Cartersville, Woodland, and Cass are preparing for Region 7-5A. That duels championship is this Saturday. It will be at Cass. And then in Class 4-A class four a and above, that Cass is in Class 5-A, uh, they do compete at a region level. Adairsville heads to Rockmart Saturday for their area team duels championship, class AAA and lower uh, with fewer schools competing. They combine some regions and have an area competition. So, Jackson, we could have as many as three teams to advance in the state duels. Absolutely. And and I'd encourage anybody, if you've, if you've got some free time Saturday, uh, I encourage you to go watch some of that. Uh, like you said, three of our local teams will be in, in one building there at Cass. Um, that I would expect it to be Jernigan and Hirsch there in that heavyweight final, and that's going to be a battle. And then, and then some of those lower classifications, uh, it's going to be going to be fun to watch. And then you can cap it off at uh, watching a basketball game there in the same building against Roswell later that night. Uh, be a, it's going to be a fun day at Cass High School Saturday for sure. 
Brad, I know you're a basketball guy. You're going to catch any wrestling this weekend? I'm going to try my best, Charles. I actually love wrestling. I find it to be one of the most pure sports out there. Uh, probably one of the oldest sports in the world. Um, you know, you got to be excited if you're a Daresville. You know, you got a lot of guys coming back with some experience. You know, Coach Torrance himself, a wrestler, did a really good job when he was in school. Uh, you know, and Coach Rosario over at Cartersville. Uh, you know, Shadre Hurst, maybe the odds on favor to win the state title uh, in the heavyweight division with his athleticism and strength. Uh, so, you know, a lot of good wrestling in Bartow County. Really excited about how all the teams are shaping up. Um, you know, the, it's really the road to wrestling in this state just about runs through here. And I'm, uh, once again, proud to say that. All right. Well, let's uh, put a wrap on wrestling and basketball at the local level and uh, take a gander into some other areas in the sports world for this week, this past week and this weekend. Uh, but, guys, before we get to some college football talk, I think we need to recognize a couple of huge losses to the NFL world in recent days. Both John Madden and Dan Reeves passed away recently. Madden, who was 85, was best known as a coach of the Raiders. He was uh, still the only broadcaster to work for all four of the major networks that have covered the NFL, uh, but probably best known by the younger generations as the NFL video game icon. Reeves, on the other hand, who was 77, uh, had a 38-year NFL career as a player and a coach. He was a Dallas Cowboys running back. He played in two Super Bowls himself. He coached Super Bowl teams in Denver, the Giants, the Falcons, uh, a couple of legends that we lost, Jackson. Absolutely. Um, growing up, I was never a Falcons fan. And When Craig Morton was the quarterback at, at Denver. For some reason, I fell in love with the Denver Broncos. I could watch them on the NBC station out of Chattanooga every after Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, and I turned into a Broncos fan. So Dan Reeves was my coach growing up. I uh, hated to hear that. You know, he's a, a, a Georgia native. He's from America's Georgia. Um, I met him a couple of times. Uh, outstanding coach, outstanding human being. Um, and, of course, the Madden, you know, I remember him from – from being on the TV as an announcer growing up in that, in that same time frame, So, uh, yep. Two, two legends. Hate to see them go. Brad, uh, your reflections on those two guys. Well, um, for my generation, he's the video game guy, but coach Madden to me is a coach of the Raiders. I love NFL history and his teams in the seventies were always a force to be reckoned with. And there's not a single person on the earth that could have coached that bunch of characters. <laughs> other than him, and uh, put up with Ken Stabler and Ted Hendricks and all those crazies on that team and get them to win a Super Bowl and be competitive every year is a miracle. Uh, just an all-around great guy from what you can, what you heard, great announcer. Hard to believe. I saw that stat today. He was the announcer in 141 Dallas Cowboy games. That's just yeah. a, you know, an unbelievable run for him, uh, you know, be on the primetime level. And, uh, you know, he's going to definitely be missed him. You know, Dan Reeves, I, I have to say, you know, he's a Georgia native. I knew he was from America, so like Jackson said. So, my, you know, of course, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for him. And, uh, you know, I've never been a big Falcons fan myself either, but I'm real happy that he came on board and got them back to some sort of prominence uh, there in the late 90s. And, of course, you know, coaching John Elway and the Broncos all those years. Uh, you know, just a real class guy from what I've, I've gathered, uh, you know, from what I've read and a great player, uh, definitely going to be missed. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things, uh, referring to Reeves, that I've noticed watching the NFL broadcast today and all of the reflections both on Madden and on Reeves, 
almost to a man. Everybody that has talked about Dan Reeves didn't talk about his football career or talk about him as a coach. They talked about him as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good fella. All right. The college football playoffs before we get to Friday's two national playoff games in college football, let's get your thoughts on some interesting information regarding what has been a strange college football season guys by a lot of accounts. It's been uh, really odd. Listen to these numbers for a second, and I'll get your comments. During the 2021 season, there have been 50 losses by AP-ranked teams to unranked opponents. Twelve of those were top 10 teams that lost to unranked teams. There were 46 different teams to be ranked in the top 25 in the AP and 23 different teams ranked in the top 10 this season. And then we had the most FBS upsets, according to the Vegas spreads, that we've had since the 1984 season. That's uh, some really strange numbers there, Brad. Well, Charles, I think you can chalk it up to this. Yes, I mean, all the top-tier teams like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, they're getting all these five-star recruits, and that's just great. But with all the camps that are going on, the focus on weight training, the focus on facilities and all the, what all these other teams are doing, it's getting a little bit more parity uh, down around those other levels. Uh, okay. where you, know, you, got some, you got some teams that are uh, got some diamonds in the rough out there that have been hitting the weights, going to camps, you know, basically living and eating and breathing football for so long that, you know, they, they've got a lot of good players and they're apt to knock people off. And you see it a lot more now. I love it personally. I love to see uh, upsets. I love to see different faces in there. I mean, we, we don't have a lot of that at the top right now, but there's a lot of people trading it from that five position back. And then the, in the FBS level, I mean, it's anybody's game any week. And I really enjoy that very much. And I think it's, you know, these people are playing year round and, uh, you know, you, you've got some guys out there who are serious athletes and uh, they're not going to go down without a fight. And you don't see people getting blown out like they used to. You see a lot of good games now. And I, I really love it. So Jackson, let's, uh, let's piggyback off Brad's thoughts there. If your position is that there's more parity, then that's a welcoming sign for an expansion of the college football playoffs. But if there's just fewer outstanding teams out there, then I think it indicates really no need to expand the college football playoffs. What say you? I'm, I'm torn. I, part of me thinks, yes, I think it's inevitable. I think it'll get expanded. I think TV uh, will get involved and, and there'll be enough money involved in it that it will definitely get expanded, which is, is good. Kind of piggybacking off what Brad said, uh, just speaking for this year alone, I think Georgia and Alabama – are head and shoulders the two best teams in the country. I think it showed this weekend. Um, Michigan, probably, you know, one of the top five teams. You know, I know they made it in there at the two seed, um, but that really wasn't very close of a ball game. But you could take Georgia and Alabama out of the scenario, and I think there's probably 10 to 12 teams um, that you could justify saying would have been able to be in the in that top four. So it's a uh, – uh, parody's catching. It hadn't caught the two elites, in my opinion, yet, but it's it's getting closer, and I think it'll continue to get closer. We saw in recruiting this year a lot of a lot of kids that uh, you know top kids and going to smaller schools. Um, I think you'll see some more of that coming. I think the NIL deal is going to sway some of those kids to kind of spread out to other schools to get a bigger piece of that uh, NIL money. Jackson, let's stay with you for just a second. 
with Alabama and Georgia's dominant wins, which of those two performances was the most dominating? Um, I was more surprised that the way Georgia dominated Michigan. I, I felt Georgia was the better team. Um, I thought Michigan was a little better up front on the defensive and offensive side of the ball than they were. Uh, I think Georgia kind of exposed them a little bit. Uh, you can talk about players of the game. I, I feel like uh, Jamari Slayer uh, handled the Hutchinson kid pretty pretty well all night. He had him confused. He dominated him at times. Um, I was really impressed with, with his play, as well as the whole offensive line for Georgia against that uh, touted uh, Michigan front. Cincinnati and Alabama, a little different story. We kind of, ex- I kind of expected that to be a blowout. I thought Cincinnati played with them a little bit or, uh, better than I thought early, but I, I felt Alabama would separate, and they did. Brad, the Bearcats, no touchdowns in that matchup. Yeah, I wasn't real surprised by it at all. You know, Cincinnati has the same problem against Alabama most people do. You know, you got your top 22 guys, and they're pretty good and probably can match up pretty well, but Alabama's got 11 more coming right behind them. They're just as good, and your next 11 aren't going to be. And that's what ha- that's the difference in these games. Alabama's got too much depth. They've got Nick Saban. Uh, you know, that, I didn't expect Cincinnati to compete as long as they did. So, hats off to them for staying in the game as long as they did. I thought the Georgia win over Michigan was more impressive because, you know, you went against the – uh, alleged best offensive line in the country in Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth in Michigan, uh, and uh, really kind of exposed them. Our defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage the entire game. They couldn't get that running game going. Our Haskins was a non-factor in the game, and you saw a number of of Twitter feeds this uh, this past weekend showing you know different plays by our defensive line and what they did to them on a on a play by play basis just kind of dominate them and beat them to the punch and really couldn't get anything going against us. And the touchdown they scored at the end was meaningless. Uh, you know, and I, I felt like if we hadn't had a couple of penalties, the final score of that game would have been like 42 to three or something. So, you know, I'm excited about how they played and I, I thought it was a more impressive win because of the opponent, but going back to what we were talking with uh parody and, and, and everything, you can expand the playoff as all you want. And Jackson's right. It's going to be because of TV rights and, and money. That's what it's going to be. But in the end, I think the result will always end up being the same. Uh, you know, the, the top tier teams are going to stay where they are. The parity is just in the levels below them. Uh, you know, but you know, Georgia and Alabama right now, head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, Alabama looked really solid. Uh, and then Georgia, in my opinion, won the game by being so effective on first down. They converted 10 out of 16 third downs, but it was because at least nine of those were either third and one or third and two. Yeah, you know, you have a, a quarterback in Stetson Bennett who's taken it on the chin over and over again from people after the Alabama game, wanting him to be sat down and JT Daniels put in. I'm not one of those people. I just, you know, the coaches know what they're doing. I'm not out there every week. But, you know, his legs uh, helped us out a lot in that game. Uh, he picked up a lot of key first downs and then extends plays. And then you got Brock Bowers out there who just seems to be a touchdown machine. Uh, never saw that coming. And, um, you know, we got a solid run game. Zamir White, James Cook had a phenomenal game, uh, uh, over 100 yards receiving, uh, you know, with a touchdown and back in his hometown. Uh, you know, just a lot of weapons out there. You know, just excited about how that happened, you know, because I didn't – whatever happened against Alabama in the SEC championship game, they either washed that away or forgot about it because uh, that's not what happened against Michigan. Jackson, uh, I'll give you first shot at this. I'll let you guys play pollsters for just a moment. 
with those two uh, programs, Cincinnati and Michigan, getting handled the way they did in the playoff game, I want to know how far you think they fall down the final poll rankings, and then how far up will you bring Oklahoma State and Baylor out of the Big 12? Uh, you know, Oklahoma State lost their conference championship by one inch, and then they beat Notre Dame pretty pretty uh, handily in a comeback win, uh, and, and in my opinion, looked better than Cincinnati or Michigan in doing so. Baylor followed up their Big 12 title with a Sugar Bowl rally and a win over Ole Miss. And then you've got Ohio State that went into their Rose Bowl game without a lot of players who opted out on the defensive side, and they figure out a way to win. So I guess the question here, Jackson, is if you're doing the final poll tonight, how far up the ladder do you bring those teams, and how far down the ladder does Cincinnati and Michigan fall? I think you mentioned the three that, that I, if, as a pollster, I would put above Cincinnati and Michigan um, would be Ohio State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. I'm uh, not a uh, Baylor defensively played a play, plays well. They're they're a good team. I'm not impressed with the, uh, their ability to move the ball as much as some people are. I would say Ohio State would be three, um, Oklahoma State four and Baylor five, and then you got your uh, Michigan and Cincinnati would, would round out the top six or seven there. Brad, I'll give you a shot at it. I would agree with Jackson. Uh, Baylor's performance in the Sugar Bowl, though, I, I hate to give them uh, discredit them for this, but uh, Matt Corral didn't play the majority of the game, which changed the entire Ole Miss approach. Uh, you had a guy, I think, who had taken nine snaps all year long, uh, play the rest of that game. So I don't think that was a great barometer, but they're a good football team. Don't get me wrong. Oklahoma State's real uh, impressive. I'll tell you right now, if if the dogs had played them uh, in the Orange Bowl, I'd have been a whole lot more worried about it. Uh, that's a good t- football team, very fast, physical team. Um, I would put them up over Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Baylor, and then Cincinnati and Michigan behind them. All right, so there you have it. I want to hit on one more topic in this podcast edition, and that is conference results in bowl games. There's a lot of media outlets that like to take that storyline and run with it this time of year. Uh, With its two best teams in the college football playoffs, the SEC had to fill its other nine bowl obligations with its third place through 11th place teams and actually had 13 of 14 teams that were at least invited to a bowl or a playoff game. The disclaimer here is that Texas A&M had to drop out of the Gator Bowl, so they did not have a game. They started really slowly at 1-5. and five. Alabama and Georgia won playoff games. Arkansas beat Penn State. Kentucky beat Iowa. And then, of course, the Ole Miss loss late to Baylor. So the SEC sits at 5-6 and six through 11 games so far with LSU playing Kansas State Tuesday night and then Alabama and Georgia having to play each other in the national title game on the 10th. If we look at the other Power 5 conferences, the Pac-12 was 0-5 in bowl games, the ACC 2-4, and four, the Big 12 4-2 and two with one game to go, and the Big 10 at 6-4. and four. That's always, as I mentioned, a storyline for some factions of the media, but do you make anything out of the conference bowl records this time of year, Brad? No, not anymore. Uh, with the uh, opt-outs and, and people you know, not playing, I don't, I don't put any stock in much of it outside of the playoff 
because uh, a lot of you know you think about Florida losing. I mean, there it's a, a, line, a coaching staff that's overhauled. Uh, you know, Missouri lost. Uh, Connor Basilak uh, called it a career. Uh, they play with their backup quarterback. I mean, these are these are teams that have just so much uh, turmoil on them once everybody leaves. You got people moving around, and I'm sure that the teams that they played probably had the same thing happen. Uh, they probably had people leave too, but I don't put a lot of stock in that anymore. Uh, Matt, you know, whose conference is better than the other because of a bowl game? Uh, you know, it just you know, with it, with that going on, I, I just can't put much into it. I mean, some guys are already con- contemplating the transfer portal and have probably already checked out mentally. So, uh, you know, who who knows what people are thinking in these bowl games anymore? Jackson, your position on all that? Uh, pr- pretty much the same as Brad's. There, it's uh, the 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 opting out, which um, you know you, you hate to see what happened to Matt Corral. Uh, evidently, as of a little bit ago, it looked like the X-rays were negative. Maybe there's no significant injury there to him. But he's one of those that people question: Why would you? Why would you go play? He was a team player. I was proud of him. I think much respect to him for going out and playing in the game. And then you hate to see any anybody get injured, but a high profile, you know, quarterback position like that, you hope it doesn't add on to these these opt-in outs that we're seeing. But uh, you, you mentioned the conferences. I'm I'm pretty proud of the Big Twelve. I thought they had a, a pretty decent bowl season. Uh, it was cool to see Bob Stoops go back and coach Oklahoma and get the win. Uh, out there, and then uh, the other two bowl games that kind of surprised me. I really thought uh, Iowa's defense would be able to handle Kentucky, and for Kentucky to come back and, and win that game was awesome. And to see Shane Beamer in South Carolina get a win over over North Carolina, those were those were two two games that were fun to watch, and kind of like the outcomes of both of those. All right, one final item that I want to touch on before we go. Uh, I won't ask you to pick a winner yet. We're going to save that for the radio show on Friday morning. So we hope everybody will tune in for that. So I'll phrase the question this way, guys. And it's a two-part question. What does Alabama do best that will beat Georgia? And then what does Georgia do best that will beat Alabama? I'll start with you, Brad Stevens. Uh, What Alabama does best to beat the dogs, uh, what they did against us in the uh, SC championship game, throw that deep ball to those speedy receivers. I mean, Jamison Williams, nobody's covered him yet. And I don't blame them for throwing the ball to him every chance that they get. They should. Uh, they got a lot of athletes in, in space, a lot of people in perimeter that can do things, but Jamison Williams is the one. I mean, you get the ball to him, uh, he can certainly damage you. And you, you saw him do it against the dogs in Atlanta, and uh, they'll do, that's what they need to do again. Uh, for the dogs to beat Bama, they need to go back to the defense they played in every other dadgum game they played all year long. And whatever that they ran against an SEC championship, they need to throw that away with the trash and do what they do best. They did it against Michigan, and it worked. They did it against everybody else, and it worked. Do that again. Pressure from the defensive line. You know, you know, mix up the blitzes, mix up the stunts. Uh, get some pressure on Bryce Young, because if you don't get pressure on him, you see what he can do to you. you got to get him on the run and make, get him to make some mistakes. All right, Jackson, your turn. What does Alabama well, do best, and what does Georgia do best to win that game? I, it, Brad pretty much hit it. I think the, the the vertical passing game is probably, if Georgia has a weakness on defense, uh, that's probably it. But I'm going to spin it a little different way. I think Alabama played their best game of the year in uh, Mercedes-Benz there about a month ago, and I think Georgia played their worst game Um and maybe that Clemson game early on offensively could have been could have been a little worse. But I think uh, I think Alabama's going to have to do exactly what they did uh, 
a month ago, and, and Georgia's going to have to do what Brad said, what they've done the rest of the year. I think it's going to be a great football game. Well, we hope everyone will join us on Friday morning when we return with Bartow Sports Zone. We'll be on WBHF in Cartersville, 100.3 FM and AM 1450, 710 until 9 a.m. We hope you'll join us for that show. This week we'll visit with Cass Wrestling Coach D.L. Kuntz and Adairsville Wrestling Coach Ryan Torrance in the opening hour as they get ready for Saturday's region and area team duels championship. The BSC team will be back there as well with plenty of sports updates and a preview of the college football championship between Georgia and Alabama. We'll even twist their arms and ask them to make a pick come Friday morning. So thanks for joining us for the first BSC podcast of 2022. For Brad Stevens and for Jackson Hyde, I'm Charles Wilson. We'll see you next time on Bartow Sports Zone.